Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 347 for Tuesday, the 13th of May, 2014. Wow. Nice to see you. My name's Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. Tonight, Sasha, we've got an exciting show. Uh, of course, Linux is taking over your laptop. <sighs> I can't she wait. She got the new laptop and gave us permission to wipe it clean. So stick around. We're going to be uh, checking that out. Also, we've got uh, Francois Prue, who is joining us uh, from Password Box mm-hmm. to talk about all the different kind of very technical questions that have arisen in our community since uh, we had Megan Smulders on, to the, sh- on the show right. uh, to talk about their products. So he's going to be answering some really interesting, almost deeper questions with regards to the platform and how it works. So stick around. I'm excited Sweet. to get into the, the geekiness of how that works. Exactly. So if you have any questions, make sure you get them in the chat room as well. And in it's all drones, robots, and video games tonight. Here's what's coming up in the newsroom. A new robotic arm and hand is making headway for amputees. The increased use of drones is bringing new risk to airplanes. A UN convention is actually going to be discussing the, the viability of killer robots for war. Um, and the next installment of Unreal Tournament is coming straight to Linux, which I now have, for free. <laughs> Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Wait a minute. You have the game or Linux? No, Linux. Oh, phew. I don't think anybody really has yeah, the game yet. Yeah, because if you've yet. got a pre-release, I want to see this. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Yes. We've got a Google Plus live hangout with us and you following tonight's show so you want to stick around after the show get on to google plus get over to cat5.tv slash g plus onto our facebook channel uh onto wherever you want to find us in mm-hmm. our chat room we're going to post links and everything and uh, don't go anywhere because this is going to be an exciting show this is category 5 technology tv starring sasha dermatis Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, uh, nice to have you here tonight. It's episode number three, th- uh, 347. 347, right smack dab in the middle of May. That's 347 weeks of tech geekiness. I've been on for about seven of them, maybe nine. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. 347, Ravi. That's oh, awesome. Cool. Um, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And... Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv IAIB. So. I've got your laptop all set up. Yes. Let's get this paperwork out of the way here. Just so that the look at this. Can you see it? I mean, oh. you know what? I'm just going to unplug it. Unplug everything. And so this is the laptop. There it is. There's Linux. There's no Windows on there. <laughs> Look at this. You are officially a Linux geek now. 
we'll I didn't actually tell Dave, so let's see how. Oh, <laughs> watch me! Right Surprise, what is babe. That? Yeah, there it is. So I went with Zorn OS. We're going to talk all about it a little later on in the show. As you can see, it works fantastically well. What I want to encourage you to do, as I plug back in the USB peripheral, okay, is um, throughout the course of the episode tonight, Sasha, because this yes. is your first experience with Linux. Mm-hmm. Let us know what it's like. You're coming from Windows, right? I'm coming from Windows. Is it difficult? Is it different? Is it exciting? Is it nice? Yeah, I'm nervous, but excited. You said it was pretty. It is pretty. That's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty sunset. It matches the color of the laptop. I'm very... Good plan and Robbie. Girly about... Yeah, good, good plan. You got a wallpaper. Wallpaper. So I mean, that's I'm good. seriously all about, like, the small things. Like, the trash bin looks nice. Perfect. Nice like, icon set. Nice icons. So, right. yeah, it's not, I'm not very, for the fact that I am a co-host here, I'm not very technical. Cool. So That's good. This is a great time for you to be checking out Linux. Yeah. So, tonight we're going to be taking a look uh, at that for the very, very first time with Sasha, who's experiencing Linux for the first time tonight. Yeah. So, this is exciting. So, stick around. We're going to be uh, doing that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, before we get into our interview, just a reminder, make sure you visit our mobile website. It's m.cat5.tv. If you scan that QR code, that's going to take you there. We've got on-demand video, on-demand uh, audio. If you want to just listen to the show, that's kind of cool. And you can watch and listen live. So Which is can't beat awesome. It. And it's absolutely free. M.cat5.tv. Well, it is our pleasure tonight to be joined by Francois Proux, who is a uh, security engineer from Password Box. As you remember, uh, in episode number 332... That is correct. Is that the last time you that were was, here? I think the last time I was here. It was, it was an exciting episode because we got to talk about this product called Password Box. Which I immediately went home and downloaded, and I have on my phone and yep. on my... Well, I had it on my laptop, It'll I'm work sure. on Linux. Yes. We'll, we'll get that on there for you. Okay. For sure. But I do have questions, so I am like over the moon excited that I'm here for this episode as and well. And that's it, is that, Megan, uh, we had a, an amazing discussion about the product, but after the show, I started getting a lot of emails saying, okay, well... I, I need to know more about this, this, and this. Right. So, Francois joins us tonight. Francois, it is so nice to have you here. Thanks for being on. Security engineer with Password Box. Can you explain what it is that you do uh, at the company? Yeah. products. Just one moment, uh, Francois. I apologize, but it seems that we're having some audio issues there on your channel. Uh, Can that be confirmed in the uh, the chat I don't think that anybody said anything quite yet. Just want to be absolutely sure here because we are live and these things can happen. Chat room, are you hearing Francois? Okay. Oh, no, they lost audio. Okay. Can you give me a sound check, please, Francois? Yes. Can you hear me now? Is it okay? Yeah, that sounds check. good. And I'm going to switch back to your camera and we'll double check that sound um, stays with us. And I apologize for the technical difficulties, folks. All right. And just bear with us here, folks. We're just having a little bit of audio difficulties and I'm glad we that we caught are, that right off the bat. Yes. That's at least uh, a good thing. 
Oh, it's working now? Okay. It, it's working right now. Yeah, they can hear you just now, but as soon as I switch over to your camera, that's, oh, okay. where, that's where we lose it. And how much I love the chat room right now. And how much we love live <laughs> broadcasting. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so this is Category 5 <laughs> Technology TV, and we are live tonight. And, Francois, I appreciate your, your patience and you at home as, as I just kind of worked that out. And this is a beautiful thing that we're able to correct this live on the fly. But, Francois, you've got microphone now. The question was, and I apologize, the question is, as a security uh, engineer for Password Box, what is it that you do at the company? Sure. Thanks for having me. So uh, I, I joined PasswordBox uh, about six months ago as a full-time security engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, the company is, is growing really fast. Uh, so my main focus is really to uh, uh, lead what we call secure development. So that is uh, our, our products are, um, you know, we develop uh, software components uh, across multiple platforms that includes browser extensions uh, in Chrome, Firefox, and Internet Explorer, and all mm -hmm. of that, uh, and mobile platforms. So uh, we have a number of, of engineers developing the product, uh, improving the, the features, uh, and I'm overviewing all aspects related to security on, on, in, in all these teams. So I, I do uh, training with uh, each, each and every team. Yeah. I, I do what's called auditing. So uh, I review the, the source code to make sure that uh, it doesn't have any uh, issues. And uh, also as we design new features that will be coming soon, mm -hmm. I'm uh, taking the lead on making sure that before it even reaches uh, the, the, the source code level, we have uh, thought of the various uh, problems and addressed uh, them uh, be beforehand. Sounds like a, uh, a pretty uh, big responsibility <laughs> as far as that yeah. goes. I mean, with something like Password Box, where you are literally, quite literally, uh, uh, making it possible to eliminate passwords, the need for passwords, in, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. That's a big yeah. responsibility. De most definitely, and, and it is one that, that I take uh, very seriously and at, at heart. Um, I, I, I've been in, I've, I've been, you know, f for many years a developer myself, mm -hmm. so I know, I know what, what, what it's like to develop products, and because of, of, uh, of various projects I, I've worked in the past, I, I've been focusing more and more uh, as, as, as the years uh, pass by um, towards secure development. Uh, and and now uh, with Passwordbox, it's definitely a, a very cool and exciting uh, opportunity to to do that with a, such a great team here. Very cool, very cool. One of the things that is really one of the questions, Francois, that has come up here at the show with our viewers, uh, one of the biggest things, concerns with regards to putting our passwords on an online service is mm -hmm. what keeps our passwords safe from prying eyes or right. even you know these days a lot of people have concerns about governments mm -hmm. definitely Privacy. forcefully as they should you know yeah. uh, and 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 i as a security engineer and uh, also uh involved in in various uh, community group uh, open source projects and, and and such uh it is definitely a topic that that i care about and uh, uh we 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 uh, take it at heart uh, the design of our product in terms of security 
takes this from the very start and that that is how we were able to achieve uh uh something that 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 protects the user's password but then also provides them with uh, tremendous uh, uh usability uh, I- improvements okay so can i be can i be incredibly blunt yeah okay we're going to be blunt i i work for the american government i'm nsa or whatever and i've come to you with the official documentation to say you need to give me robbie ferguson's passwords what happens so what what is stored in our databases so let's say that 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 happens uh what is stored in our databases uh, for each and every user accounts is only uh encrypted data so obviously there is for instance uh, a a few uh metadata so for instance the the email we need we need to keep that unencrypted because uh we need to send you an email so that you can receive the confirmation uh, of uh, the account creation and, and other things. But apart from that, the, the critical assets, such as the, the, the password assets uh, in, and also all the wallet items that we call, so uh, you can store uh, credit cards, uh, contact addresses, and other things, those are all, um, I would say, uh, encrypted in a yep. black box manner. So okay. uh, okay. what we, we receive on the server side is is a is an opaque blob that we then store and then for later retrieval and syncing across devices. Okay. So so you don't have the passwords to share. Is no. That, so right. uh, so it it was probably briefly discussed in, in the first uh, uh, pro, uh, podcast with uh, with Megan, but uh, we we do ask users upon the, uh, account creation to create a strong master password that we call. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it's called a master password because it it really is the one that that will be uh, uh, protecting all the other assets that uh, that you then put in in password box. So uh, in terms of a little bit more tech, technical details, uh, we take this master password and and using uh, well known cryptographic uh, algorithms, we're able to derive a key. Mm-hmm. That will then be used to uh, protect those assets, and that that derivation process uh, cannot, or at least cannot be uh, reversed in a manner of of, of uh, that 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 like short enough. Let's say if if you if you choose a strong master password and we help you do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the. In terms, in technical terms, we may, you might have heard of uh, brute force attacks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that is essentially guessing the, every combinations of of characters in a, in a password, right. uh, one after the other. So it, let's say you were to guess a a, a ten uh, ten characters uh, password against the technology that we use uh, with Password Box. It would literally take. Uh, Hundreds, if not uh, more, uh, years to 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 go through all the possibilities. And by then, I probably am not too concerned about my Facebook login information. Right. Yeah. In two hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fran- we're speaking with Francois Pru. He's a security engineer from Password Box, and we really want to get to the bottom of how this product is able to. Uh, we've talked about how the service makes it so that it's easier for us to use our computers because we don't have to memorize thousands of really difficult Mm -hmm. passwords, nor do we have to keep them insecurely in a text file or a spreadsheet. This software uses a master password to 
uh, protect our data. So then you can make stronger, bigger, longer passwords exactly because you're right. not, you know, picking a word like Yahoo as your password. Well, if I have to change because... my password on this site, it needs to be something I can remember so I can log in. Well, not with password box. It can right. be something absurd. Right. And it's long and strong. So, Francois, the question arises in our chat room. Garby is concerned about the Legacy Locker feature because Legacy Locker, unlike your, uh, you know, like what you're describing with our master password, we've actually set it up so that, for example, my wife, and I think this is a brilliant tool, um, and we, we can go into details and everything, but you can think of so many scenarios. So, if I were to die, mm -hmm. what happens? to all my online particulars, my login information. Who's going to renew category5.tv as a domain name if nobody else has, a pass has the password to get into my registrar right. and renew it for me to keep this thing going after I'm dead? So, you know, as much as we don't like to think about that, mm -hmm. fact is, you know, if that were to happen, if there was some tragedy, I want my wife or next of kin or whoever to be able to access my information password box it's makes that possible how can you make that possible how can you transfer now my private passwords to my wife mm -hmm. i understand that we need to verify death and everything but you're able to actually transfer them over to her in such a way that she can use them even though she does not know my master password how's that yes. possible yeah so just uh, for for a start uh let me so I'll be happy to to answer your question. Sure. And that that is definitely something. Uh, it is a a patent pending uh, technology. Okay, that, uh, this is interesting. Quite proud of. Can I say? I'll, I'll uh, be, the question, be very happy to share uh, details. Okay, that the question came up, and and now I'm very very proud because my assumption was that this is proprietary, and that there are some proprietary things that go into it. So, but the and and so I, it sounds like I was pretty correct in that. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Being that this is a private, you know, a private process that you're not going to reveal, how can you give us confidence that this mm. product is in fact, because if I can transfer my passwords now over to my wife or mm -hmm. to Sasha or to whoever using this next of kin uh, legacy locker feature, how can that be possible if the, Cana uh, the Canadian government can't step in and say, give right. me the passwords? Mm -hmm. So when I say it's patent pending, it's patent pending to, to protect some aspects, uh, some very specific aspects of that technology. Yeah. But the over the underlying cryptographic uh, uh, primitives that are used are, are, are standardized. And you can go on our website and look up the security white paper. And it does describe this in, in, in further details that, that I'll, I'll, I'll be... I'll be happy to, to answer here uh, and at a more high-level high, high uh, explanation, but okay. people who are interested can definitely go on our website. And we also have a security mailing list, they, uh, which uh, I, I respond to uh, questions oh. that are very similar to what you have right now. Okay. And I, I did just, I think, last Friday, I received the exact question, and I was uh, happy to, uh, to, uh, to answer it. So... The gist of it is that um, for for this to to, to work, uh, the both both parties, so the one that is um, is uh, wanting to to delegate their 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 assets after their life okay, so to me. someone, yeah. So and the receiving party, the one that will receive, uh, let's say, in the case of a, a parent and a, a child, uh, that, that that could be an example. 
So both both of these parties need to create um, their own password box account. So that that's the first requirement. Sure. Okay. Once that's done, and that that can be done throughout the the, the activation process of the legacy locker feature. So uh, first party, let's say the the parent creates a password box account and goes and click on the legacy locker feature, uh, invites their their child. Uh, that he, he then receives a, an email asking him to uh, join PasswordBox. He's going to create his, his own account, mm -hmm. and he's going to be able to, to use it on a daily basis just like his parents. Yep. Uh, but once that's done, uh, they'll, they'll be able to, to, to share passwords uh, during their life. So that, that's a, a, a typical, pe uh, like a, another feature that we have where you can share passwords between people mm -hmm. uh, during your life, let's can, say. It might be handy for, that, say, a receptionist or something. Right. Now, but can that partnership be terminated? Yes, if exactly. You can, you can revoke the, the sharing at any time. Okay, that's good. I mean, because there are things like a receptionist with a boss, you know, where the receptionist would need to know all of the passwords or mm -hmm. like an estranged yeah. son or, you know, a partnership dissolving, a marriage dissolving. And then now you don't want that person to know all of your passwords. Right. But if they are, were the original recipient in the legacy locker, you can actually change recipients. Then, yeah. Right. So and, and definitely. So you, you can you you can uh, at any moment after you you've asked someone to be your legacy locker uh, 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 recipient. Let's say I don't know the exact term. Uh, the uh, the, top the of digital my head. heir. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that that would be the correct term. So uh, you you can you can revoke it at at any time. So how it works technically is. Um, it uses. I'm going to use a, a few uh, technical words for a moment, so that uh, people who know them will know what I'm talking about after. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll I'll jump to something a little bit more visually. Uh, some, somebody any anybody can understand uh, in terms of, of real life examples. So basically, we use RSA uh, key pairs, which is a, a well known cryptographic standard. It, it has uh, in, been invented sure. in, in the 70s. Yeah, so this is encryption to keep our data safe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So RSA, the neat, the neat thing about RSA, the RSA system, is that it is what we call asymmetric. So contrary to other types of encryption, which are symmetric, so that is you can encrypt using a key, and you can decrypt using the same key. So that is a reversible uh, process. So that is what we use when you want to store your own passwords in our database. So you get your, your master password. You're then able to derive the key, as I said previously, uh, which is used for encrypting those assets. And later, you can retrieve those assets and decrypt them uh, for your own use using the same master password. So that's one thing. Okay. Oh. Regarding legacy locker, as I said, it uses asymmetric encryption. So that is a type of encryption that allows someone to encrypt the data using one key, but then for a decryption, it, it requires in another key. So that is something uh, very uh, interesting and, and, and very specific to those, those types of algorithms. And it is something that everybody uses every day yeah. When when they browse the internet, they, they, you might not even know it, but when you see it in a URL bar, the HTTPS uh, URL, mm -hmm. uh, 
the magic that happens behind it is 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 based uh, in part uh, on RSA. Okay. So nothing nothing uh, new here. We did not invent a new uh, algorithm in terms of encryption and. And when you you talk between security uh, focused people, it is definitely not a good practice to reinvent the wheel. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I have I have a question. It's kind of it's my question, and also somebody on the chat room had said that he's happy that his ex wife doesn't know his passwords, so he would want to likely change all of your passwords if you were That's going the... through a divorce, yeah. right? And same with the heartbeat bleed bug. You were told to change all of your passwords. Now I have password box, and my question is. Is it easy? Is there a way that's easy to change the passwords on Password Box? Because I was finding it difficult. I actually only ended up changing one password mm. because I was having a hard time kind of n- navigating through because it always wants to log me in with the password mm. that I have. So then I had to show the password, copy it to the clipboard. You know, like it was, there was a lot of steps. Is there some sort of easy step to change your passwords once they're already in uh, password box? It, it is, as, as, as you just explained, it, it is a, like if you have to do it fully manually, it is definitely a, a very tedious process mm-hmm. to go side by side and find where you can change your password. So each and every site has a different UI and and oftentimes it's going to be kind of hidden somewhere up you know you click on your account profile and then you find how to change the password um, and and because of that because each and every site is is very different in in their way they they allow you to change password I mean even more than they are different when you look at the the login form so the login forms. Are typically different, but their their similarity is is definitely closer than if you compare that to uh, changing password, and and that is uh, an active area of research of a, a team here at Passwordbox uh, that we call the the machine learning team, mm-hmm. and uh, they they use uh, sophisticated uh, algorithms uh, based on artificial intelligence to uh, essentially nav- like browse the internet automatically using uh, algorithms and detect those, those forms and uh, identify the, the various features on each and every site. So w- one thing that they, they would do is identify the login forms and also right. where the, um, the URL is to change um, the password and all that. Um, to answer your, your question, at, at this moment, we do not have kind of an automated process to to change your passwords. Okay. But uh, you might imagine that it is something we are working sure. really, really can hard. I, can I just say, Francois, just to be absolutely fair to Password Box, oh, yeah. that Heartbleed was an unfair initiation for any security company, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Because nobody... The banks, not Twitter, not Facebook, well, Facebook, but nobody <laughs> saw this coming. So right. the the need to go onto the internet and change all of your passwords up until now would happen every time you got out of a relationship, right? every time you, any, anything, uh, you know, a divorce is an example. Now I've got to change all my millions of passwords. Well, with Password Box... Now I only typically have to change one password. Right. All the other ones 
can stay the same because my master password is the only one I need to change if I've shared that for some reason. Which there's no need to. So to be really fair to password box, this was an un... Uh, yeah. Kind oh, of a, yeah. You'd never have to do this except for the fact that Heartbleed happened to happen and nobody saw that coming and it's not Password Box's fault, just right. to be absolutely fair. And kind of goes along the same vein of what uh, Good Guy was saying in the chat room about uh, Darren at Hack5 creating a keylogger or clipboard monitor that can track what you put in to, you know, for passwords and things. Well, with Password Box, if somebody were to get your master password, Again, all you have to do is change the master password because the main passwords are automatically filled in on the forms, automatically submitted through your web browser. So they're never actually touching your keyboard. They're never touching your clipboard. They're just going directly to the browser, right? So again, similarly, you only have to change one password. So is is that a question that's similar to that two, was it the two-factor authentication? Is that? That's a little uh, along a different different thing. Does that... Is that that's fair enough, eh, Francois? Just to put that out there about Heartbleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It, it, it was a let's say a uh, worldwide uh, security issue that that affected a number of companies. And, uh, and I'm, uh, yeah. I'm glad to see you look like you uh, have caught up on your sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good because a lot of sleepless nights uh, for security engineers for sure. Uh, we have lots of questions that have come in to us, Francois. Just to, uh, we're, I'll just mention we we are speaking with Francois Prue from Password Box. If you're just tuning in, uh, and we're talking a little bit more in depth about the technical aspects of Password Box, how it works. You can find out about the application, get a copy of it for your browser on Windows, Linux, and Mac. Mm-hmm. Cat5.tv/password is our quick link that's going to direct you right over to their website. Uh, Mastermind ZH has a, a few questions for you, Francois. Maybe uh, uh, yeah, you just I can, alluded to one of them. One of them, yeah. Now, there's a, there's a few of them. <laughs> one, um, he wants to know if there's a way to export his passwords to a file, like an XML file or something similar, just to, to have them, I guess, hmm. on hand himself. Mm-hmm. Do, is there a feature? So at, at 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 this moment, no. Uh, but it is it is something that is is uh, getting higher and higher in in our priorities list. Okay, right. so the request uh, has been made. Yeah. As 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 yeah, it, he's not the, the the first person to ask. Okay. Uh, we do support importing from a standard like a, a, a comma oh. separated value, which is a, a fairly common yeah. type of, of, of awesome. file. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a it is possible for you to import your existing passwords you, you may have, but in terms of exporting at, at the time we are speaking, it is, it is not in, in our product. But again, if, uh, if, if, if it is something that you, you care about, uh, you can definitely uh, send us um, feature uh, enhancement requests. And, and the, more, the more people we, we get, uh, there you go. The, the, the priorities are, are, are uh, uh, adapted and, and uh, so in put in a so. vote for Mastermind ZH. Well, there's a n- real name. Has, that's right. He has a second, um, I guess, enhancement that he'd like, which is um, a category option for the passwords. You know how they're listed alphabetically? Um, mm-hmm. He would, oh, okay. he'd like categorically as well as alphabetically. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, that's something maybe I can that you could toggle between the two. Yeah, it's how definitely a good works. suggestion. Yeah. You get a long list eventually of mm-hmm. passwords. If you've been to a thousand sites, you now have a thousand passwords. Right. Is that something that is, is on the horizon at all? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's. You said yeah, and you shook your head. So I'm thinking (laughs) this is the first you've heard. Uh, I'll be yeah. uh, It is something that we've already even uh, the 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 design aspects of it has been uh, uh, thought of. Yeah. Uh, Again, we have a a lot of of great, great, uh, cool features that are coming up, and some of those that we've just discussed. uh, They'll, they'll be coming uh, at some point. I guess at that point, technically, Password Box becomes not just a password management tool, but also a bit of a accessible cloud-based bookmarking tool. Right. So that yes. I'm actually keeping track of my websites as opposed to just my passwords. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a neat, neat yeah. way to look at it, I think. Um, now, one of the questions is, and I don't quite understand what the two-factor authentication is. Okay. To, like, is that when... When you have a password and then you have that crazy scrolly letter thing that no, you also okay, that's what is captcha. that? Uh, well, the question for you, uh, Francois, comes to us from Mastermind ZH, who wants to know, uh, knowing that, of course, Heartbleed is one of those examples that have made a lot of people aware that single factor authentication is not as safe as we once thought it could be so that is just a password is that what single factor essentially okay one one way of authenticating you as a user so knowing that and knowing that okay and this is this is a hard question uh, because i'm i have to be blunt about it i have to be uh, this is for the community all right and this is for your users as well as my viewers password box is a single factor authentication master password when are we going to see second factor authentication so that we can be more assured that our gross list of thousands of passwords is protected Mm -hmm. very good question and and for that and and that i can i can tell you it's even closer in terms of of timeline than the the previous two features uh it is literally uh short a few short few a few short weeks uh, away from oh, from now. Okay. Uh, I would say our goal is to uh, to put it in production uh, in our products uh, in June. Oh, June, June of 2014. Yes, that is so incredibly close. Very good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, um, and I'm sure the community just went. Oh. Yeah. So we we we've uh, we've pretty much completed uh, the design aspects of it. Okay. I've reviewed the security. Uh, we are just. Uh, uh, right now, uh, d- dispatching the, um, the the various uh, tasks for each and every team, mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of obviously, we don't want to to rush things too too uh, too fast because we we want to uh, ensure the quality of of, uh, of our products. So Understood. in terms of, of QA, um, when you talk uh, in terms of um, adding a second factor, that adds. A number of other uh, more complex scenarios to test when sure. we want to look at the, the quality of our products. Um, so that is a, a big aspect we, we want to consider before rushing uh, second factor. But it is coming very soon. Cool. Good wow. to hear. Good to hear. Excellent. Now I don't. I, I know we kind of got sidetracked from a very very important question that I know we're running really really short on time and we're milking your time here, <laughs> Francois, and I appreciate it. Uh, going back to the legacy locker feature. Yes. Were you were you describing, if I'm not mistaken, when I have somebody who is my digital heir, that my passwords are then replicated into a second database in a different that, with a different encryption algorithm? 
that you, you are you are very close to to guessing uh, how how it works. Uh, so okay, so I explained previously that that there is this this uh, uh, well-known encryption al- algorithm called RSA that uh, has a yeah. a very unique capability where you can encrypt using one key and decrypt with a, another key. So the the way it works is really uh, like if if we take uh, real life uh, examples, uh, that would be a scenario where you you have some someone you'd like to to share something with uh that that person who's going to be the the recipient is, is going to give you a, a box and so where the it, it's fun to think that password box uh i wasn't here when they they, they came up with the, the term password box yeah. but i i'm i'm quite sh- certain that uh this has something to to do with it so uh Let's imagine the the the, the person you wanna you wanna delegate your all your passwords after your, your death uh, gives you a box. Okay, so yep. you, you you take I got a physical you, box with a yeah, lock and key. Let, I'm let, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So they, they give you that box, <clears throat> and they also give you a padlock uh, that you can put to to uh, secure that that yep. box. And you don't have the either the combination or the key, whatever it may be for that padlock. But so uh, that person keeps that 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 piece secret. So either the the key okay. for the padlock or the combination. Yeah. So you have you have the padlock that's opened at the moment you receive the box. So you can put you know all your passwords. So basically, as you use password box, you use uh, the technology we discussed previously for encrypting your own passwords. But mm-hmm. when you activate the legacy uh, locker feature. For each uh, modification uh, of your password, let's say you, you add a new password to your, yes. your box, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be encrypted for you and for that digital hair. Right. And okay. put, put okay. inside that little box that yep. he gave you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's very important here to understand is that let's say you have multiple recipients. Okay. Uh, they will each have a different key. So uh, So it will give you a different box and a different padlock, let's say. Okay. So is now my digital heir's key encrypted with non-reversible encryption in their account? Pretty much. So uh, so that box, you you essentially manage it uh, during your life. The the password box product uh, does it for you. Uh, So it will seamlessly... uh, Encrypt twice, so or or a number of times, x number of times that you you have uh, uh, recipients, okay. and you, you you put those in that that extra box. Yeah, uh, it gets uh, protected uh, in on our servers as well because it is encrypted uh, with with a, a key that only the recipient has. Right. But the key thing here, and that is really uh, what distinguishes it from a regular shared password. So as we said. You can share passwords normally, yep. but the the key thing is that on our servers, when you activated the legacy locker, those those items are marked as not to be released until an event uh, that you I mean you have essentially decided what it will be. So uh, the the simple example is would be your your own death, yep. uh, and when that happens, that digital hair comes to to us okay mm-hmm. they they send us an email uh call us over the phone or yeah. whatever uh how they they want to contact us and 
at that moment they'll 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 be uh, required to provide us with uh, legal uh, uh, documents that we can validate. Um, uh, yeah, with, we, we understand that sense. aspect of it for sure. I think it's the technical aspect mm-hmm. that has kind of gotten people going. Hmm, I wonder. Yeah. So I, as the digital heir, and and I have to say this out loud so that you can just go, mm, yeah, um, because you know, because people are going to say, oh, you're not supposed to reveal trade secrets. But I, as the digital heir, have an encrypted key that will unlock a different database storing all my passwords. And so I need my master password in order to get that key. Right. So the NSA can't show up and say, give me the key for that person, for that other person's, because they don't have the unlock key for this person's, which reveals the key to that. That is correct. So, so they're, 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 okay. they're, as we said in the beginning, that receiving party needs uh, to have created a password box account. Yes. Right. So uh, they that's, have their own master the key password right there, and then that master password is able to to uh, recover the essentially the, the the magical padlock key that yeah. they, they've given okay. us at, at the very right. beginning of the process. Okay. Well, thank you <gasps> very much, lot. Francois. Yeah. I I really do feel like okay, we comprehend this now, and and I know that you know these are these are important factors of how your company works but mm-hmm. for the users they need the confidence to know that this is actually a secure process um, that's storing uh, our, our password so I appreciate you helping us to understand that can I just go back to two-factor authentication finally just because we want to know people mm-hmm. in the chat room Agamotto wants to know are you gonna have eyeball scanners uh, I saw in the <laughs> chat room are we gonna be able to use our cell phones yeah. uh, fingerprint readers what can you reveal about how the two-factor authentication is going to work just in in a couple of moments' time. Okay, so uh, one thing we've announced recently is integration with the, the new Samsung S5, which has a fingerprint scanner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that 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 already exists for the Android uh, version of our app. Uh, also, we've cool. announced uh, integration with the Nimi uh, bracelet, yes. which yeah. detects your your heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, a Toronto-based uh, company, actually. And we, nice. we partner closely with them on uh, integrating the NIMI uh, with our products. Okay. Uh, Interesting. So, you know, <laughs> like biometrics uh, as, as a, an area of research is, is something that we are really uh, focusing a lot of efforts on. Like uh, let's say the time frame would be in the next few months for those to, to, to come uh, uh, to get ready for a, a production um, uh, adoption. Um, but in terms of, of uh, the exact details of the second factor, which will be yep. released in June, uh, let's, let me just say that it will be very, very similar to what Google does. So if you look at the way Google does it or, uh, or Yahoo, yep. it will be uh, modeled uh, in a very similar fashion. Okay. So we've got multiple different ways to enter two-factor authentication. So. You know what, Francois, this has been very informative. It looks this like our incredible. chat room is satisfied with regards to uh, everything that was said here. Uh, one question coming in here. Just want to proof it here. Um, okay, well, I'll touch that one in the chat room, Francois, because I believe that we've already answered that. And if anyone here who's watching this right now doesn't quite grasp the security aspect, because mm-hmm. I feel confident now, mm-hmm. and that's what we set out. Okay, well, if I get it, then that's good. <laughs> Because I can, because I can explain it to you. 
So if you have questions, pop us an email live at category5.tv. If it's above me, I'll forward it on to the, the folks over at Password Box. Uh, but I, I do feel confident that I, I understand how this thing works. So, mm-hmm. um, It is also very user-friendly because I is. use it and super, I am not ultra-tech savvy. And, so. I, and <laughs> Francois, forgive me, but I, and, and viewers, I don't want this to sound like we're sales pitching Password Box because we're not. This is as much about understanding security and mm-hmm. the the importance of having strong passwords and having multiple passwords all across the board. And Password Box simply is the tool that we've chosen that really works well mm-hmm. in order to help us to establish a, a good, safe online presence. Mm-hmm. But then these kind of questions come up where, okay, we need to understand that our passwords are in fact safe. And Francois, I really appreciate your time here tonight. Thank you for joining us at Category mm-hmm. 5. Thank you. My pleasure. And, and again, just, just to, to close, uh, the uh, people who are interested in, in diving even in more depth, uh, they, they can uh, go look at our security white paper on our website okay. or reach us at uh, security at passwordbox.com, which is our uh, security-focused mailing list. And I'm I'm uh, the one who's responsible for ans- answering those those kinds of questions, and we'll 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 be happy to answer those. Thanks, Francois. Thank you. And again, a note that we do have a short link for you: cat5.tv/password. Francois, great having you here. Thanks for joining us tonight. And have thank you. Excellent. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson, and I am Sasha Dermatis. Now. Are ready? we ready for the news? It's like, wow, that was a lot of great information. That was information. great information. Okay. So you take so it away. This is also big. So here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. A robot arm capable of picking up delicate objects has been approved for use by U.S. medical authorities. The DECA arm has fingers that can move much like real ones, making it easier for the amputees to feed themselves, zip up clothes, what are you doing, and unlock doors. (laughs) The arm has much greater range of movement than existing devices, um, many of which are based around metal hooks and designs more than 100 years old. Now, just before I go on, I just want to touch on that, that... I think that the idea of a metal hook or anything yes. like that is 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 sort of better. <laughs> I think really that, yes. Okay, now here because because a hook, I would claw your eye out. No, well because I think that things that look humanoid that aren't exactly human they fall into like the uncanny valley of creepiness. Okay, Doctor Pulaski. Right. So I just feel like things need to look overtly robotic if they're not actually human. Okay. Not fair enough. Fair enough. Sort of humanoid looking, like this guy yeah. with the. Uh, no, egg. he's not a. Re- he's a real guy. That's not that it's robot the arm. It's, it's the, the hand. hand. Yeah, the guy is fine. Yeah, he's not creeping me out. While prosthetics have improved in recent years, much of the development work has been done on legs rather than replacements for lost arms and hands. Okay. This is because of the formidable engineering challenges of reproducing the coordinated movement of hands and fingers. The DECA arm has been designed to resemble real limbs as much as possible. DARPA spokesman Justin Sanchez told Reuters this prosthetic limb system can pick up objects as delicate as a grape as well as being able to handle very rugged tools like a hand drill. The DECA research firm behind the arm was founded by a renowned engineer, Dean Kamen, who invented the Segway scooter and many other devices. And we know how that went. Yeah, I just... 
I just don't want it to look too human. I want it to look you like a You made an tool. interesting point before the show. <laughs> I would like to have the fingers, you know, be tools. Like She they- says, why give the guy a fake hand that can hold a drill when you can just give him, give him a, a hand d- that is a drill. Exactly. Like, okay. So, like, there's a personal aspect to this. My okay. mother is a thalidomide baby. So my mother was born with oh. only one arm. Okay. Right? And while she was growing up, she tried prosthetic limbs. Like, well, not limbs. She tried one prosthetic oh, arm sure, continuously. Yeah. Um, it wasn't functional. It was heavy and clunky. And it was creepy as all get So out. would this not be uh, That'd a That would be more functional. This, Yeah, but it's still... Yes, it would be a miracle to her. Yes, in many ways. But it doesn't change the... Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't think it's just me. It's like I the we creepy robot thing. Yeah. yeah. It's the creepy robot thing of it. Like, it needs right. to look less humanoid if it's not human. Huh. All right. In my opinion. Okay. In my what style. What do you think? What yeah. Do you think? There's a certain fine line, I'm sure. Right. I just feel like, like with people with prosthetic limbs, like the, the legs, when they look like blades like Oscar yeah. but they, does that not draw more that is incredible looking to me it looks for a child? it looks stylistic it yeah. looks functional no, I, I know it's cool and it doesn't look like slightly it, if you're gonna be part robot like, be part robot right I just feel like even like marionettes they're creepy like it's something okay. about almost human but not human but right? it, I'm not saying the person wearing it isn't human I'm saying the limb itself yeah, isn't no, I, no, human. There's, there's a certain... The, it's, yeah. it's almost cyborg as far as, you know, half human, half robot kind of yeah. implementation. But, and you have an interesting perspective because of your mother. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of neat and strange. But um, to me, I would think if I, if I didn't have an arm... And maybe it's different for someone who was born without one, but maybe as for somebody, to lost maybe who, someone who had one right. and had this ability, right, and then lost it because of an accident, say a work accident, and they had their hand crushed, and the the only option was a prosthetic. A hook is not going to work for that person, right? Because they're going to, it's going to feel so foreign. So would this not be? Wow, I can pick up a pen. Mm-hmm. So to that person, maybe that's the difference. Maybe that would be. Yeah, I'd I think like it's, it's it. still it's pretty cool. I love the I love the technology behind it. Mm. Now on to uh, clones. A drone almost collided with a U.S. commercial flight in March. An official with America's Flight Regulatory Agency has revealed. Jim Williams of the Federal Aviation Administration's Unmanned Aircraft Systems Office said it showed the risk posed by such aircraft. The near collision was reported to air traffic control as the pilot approached a Florida airport. The FAA currently only allows non-commercial and police use for drones, but it requires the drone pilots to alert the airport when flying within a five-mile radius of the airport. Mr. Williams said that at a drone conference in San Francisco that the airline pilot said that the UAS, which is the unmanned aircraft system, was so close to his jet that he was sure that he had collided with it. Thankfully, inspection of the airliner after landing revealed uh, that there was no damage. Wow, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely freaky because now we have all of these 
Well, I mean, very all of small, these small drones, small drones flying around. And, right. And this I never is even similar this to could what be dangerous. Right. This is similar to what Amazon wants to do eventually. Yeah, right. Maybe. Did <laughs> we, we, read, really we read that in the news yeah. one time. Yeah. <laughs> was it real or was it a publicity stunt? This is true. But there's. But these... I can see police using them for sure camera you know but then it's dangerous what about i mean there was just a hot air balloon accident that caused this huge tragedy at a festival i wish that i read the article better but i'm just picturing if you had a drone that collided with something like a a hot air balloon neither of those if they're outside a five mile radius of an airport have to report anything would that harm a hot air balloon but my fear would be more like you, you think about the devastation of say a seagull flying into a jet engine versus a metal drone how much more damage would that cause could it take out a jet engine for example that's where i would be kind of concerned so i can see them being concerned about something like that so be careful and and i guess that means that flying drones is gonna have some stricter regulation Mm -hmm. yeah it says that uh they're aware of the report and they are investigating Mm. so Who's this? This is on to the next crazy story. A killer robot is a fully autonomous weapon that can select an engaged target without any human interaction. But he looks so nice. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) They do not currently exist, as we know so far. But advances in technology are bringing them closer to reality. Which is completely scary. And I I think that even the fact that we're thinking it means they're probably already happening. Those in favor of killer robots believe that the current laws of war may be sufficient to address any problems that may emerge if they are ever deployed, arguing that a moratorium, not an outright ban, should be called if this is not the case. However, those who oppose their use believe that they are a threat to humanity and any autonomous kill functions should be banned. I agree with those people. Killer robots will be debated during an informal meeting of experts at the United Nations in Geneva. Two robot experts, Professor Ronald Arkin and Professor Noel Sharkey, will debate the efficacy and necessity of killer robots. The meeting will be held during the UN Convention on Certain Conventional Weapons, the CCW. A report on the discussion will be presented to the CCW meeting in November. This will be the first time that the issue of killer robots will be addressed within the CCW. Probably not the last time. I just... Yeah. The idea of having... It's it's unmanned drones to the next level. That's the thing. They're autonomous. So you think about... Okay, the, the last story was about a drone... That is controlled by somebody Programmed. with remote control. This is a robot that thinks on thinks its own. Thinks for itself and is programmed to kill. To Yeah, so it is programmed to recognize a threat and then to take it out. I, well, what if it doesn't recognize the right thing as a threat? And I think we've been there before and we should know better. I'm scared. But the fourth story is exciting. The next installment of... Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> the next oh. installment of Unreal Tournament, the acclaimed first-person shooter video game series made by Epic Games, will be available on Linux, which is exciting because I now have Linux. The news comes just weeks after initial Linux support was announced as part of the Unreal Engine 4.1. Wow. The engine, provi- the engine powering the game. 
Development on the Unreal Tournament 4 will start from scratch with a focus on Linux, Macs, and Windows. Unreal cautioned that it will take months, many months until the game is playable by gamers, but that when the first alpha arrives, it will be available for free. Development on the game will wow. happen in the open on GitHub, a no part of way. collaboration between Epic, the fans and the de- the fans of the title and developers developers of the Unreal Engine. So it'll be free wow. and developed. That cold. is awesome. Yeah. So this is going to be like open source. Yeah. So I can download it, code it myself, and re-upload. Strangely enough, you'd think that we did a Google search for killer robots because these stories seem to be running together and he looks strikingly like a killer robot. That He looks like one of those crazy ones. Yeah, Unreal Tournament. They say from the very... Unreal Engine 4.1. From the very first line of code, the very first art created and design decisions made, development will happen completely in the open. So Epic's plan is to create a marketplace where developers, mod markers, gamers can give... Mod makers and gamers can give away, buy, and sell content. And the earnings will be split between them and the content creators, which is how they intend to pay for the game. Incredible. Pay to play. I love it. That is, now they're taking on the, the, uh, a whole different type of distribution taken, you know, that is along the lines of, say, LibreOffice or something like that. It's just a beautiful thing. one of the yeah. most brilliant games of all time. And I, I believe if there's so much collaborative work done, then it's going to be one of the best games ever. Absolutely. And Unreal Tournament has always been up there with moder- uh, mod creators offering different spin-offs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So to be able to make those open, I'm that's not, incredible. I'm not 100% a gamer yet, but I intend to now be. Now that you can put that on your Linux laptop, right. look at this thing. <sighs> okay, get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. I have to do this really quick because I'm really excited about my computer. Oh, yes. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. w. Nash with contrib- contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story that you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv for the category5.tv newsroom. I am Sasha Dermatis. Okay, Sasha, and let's- Okay, let's get this party started. Check it out. Okay. Now, you've been using this for a whole hour. Yes. You've been on Linux. Did you find it was incredibly difficult to use compared to Windows? So far, no. No, so far it's working. Uh, Okay. You know what? I'm going to put this back, but I can do this. Yay! How do you like that? I love it. Isn't that cool? Okay. So I can actually bring up the screen. So can you screen. do a little tour for me? A little yeah, bit? Well, I'll let you give the tour. Okay. So I'm actually going to put this right in front of you. Okay. There you go. Here you go. And so we're going to bring up your screen. Okay. So uh, without, okay, here, here. let's, so. let's quickly, I'm going to close, I'm going to close a couple things that I had open so that you can figure this out. Okay. Oh, we, don't, we don't have. There we go. Okay. Okay. So now, First time on Linux. Find out yes. how to get on the internet. Because this is the big thing. People say, okay, well, I need to be able to get on the internet. I need to be able to get email. I need right. to be able to... Notice, guys, I put in Pigeon there with the chat room. So Sasha's going to be joining us through the week. Is that right? That is right. Awesome. Okay, so find out uh, Am I anywhere close? Uh-oh. Computer network? No, that's wrong. Well, we're, Uh-oh. We're, we're going on the internet. I'm going... So when I just she's, touch she's Google rookie, Chrome... Guys. Sorry, guys. I'm on the internet. You're on the internet? You Am got I? there? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm there. So you're there. Okay, okay sorry. So, I'm new. Okay, well, there you are. You're in Google okay. Chrome. That's fantastic. Quick tip for you. There's a Google Chrome button down at the bottom left there. You recognize that little icon? That's yes. cool. Um, you found the 
quote unquote, we'll call it the start menu. It's uh, it's your. This is the Z. Yes. The Z. Yeah. And what does that give you? That gives you access to all of your stuff. So right. when like the applications that I, that have come pre-installed and a couple things that I've installed like Pigeon and things, one of the th- the first thing that I did with your laptop, and this is, and I say this so that you can follow suit if you're interested in switching over to Linux. First thing I did was back up your files. So that's your pictures, your documents, anything like that that's important to you. Right. Then I created what's called an, an image of your laptop with Clonezilla. It's a free piece of software that let me take your whole computer and move it into a file on my server. So okay. that if for some reason Sasha ever says, ah, this is crazy, I can't handle it, I need to go back to Windows, we can go back. Will that it's happen? Like, no. I've already <laughs> deleted it. But we do that because it's a matter of process to doing things correctly. Because if something goes wrong, and I'll admit I did have some problems get, finding a flavor of Linux that ran perfectly on this particular laptop. Right. We settled for Zorin OS, and it runs very, very well. You notice that it's, it's running quite fast and mm-hmm. it's running well. So then I installed Zorin OS just from a, a DVD ISO that I downloaded and burnt it to a DVD RW, inserted it into your computer, booted up, and hit F12 and installed it, and it was easy breezy. And then set up your email account, imported your IMAP settings, everything's working just fine. And then got onto the server and copied all your pictures back. Okay. So now what you're looking at is actually a Linux version of your original desktop. So everything that you had is there, all your pictures. So if I go back down here, yeah, so all I have really is my Dark Souls complete strategy. And that was on your Windows desktop. Yes. So, yes. And you've also got your pictures and things. So there's that's files, right? You've okay, just pointed so something and it popped up. Files. It says files. So, uh, okay. Oh, that's something that I've created. So look at the left-hand side there. You see pictures, videos, desktop documents and things. And so okay. everything that you had is, is still there. Christmas right? Day. Yeah. Oh, so there you go. So your pictures are actually imported into your Linux computer. And oh, there you are with long Day. hair. Me on Christmas Day, long hair. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so Thank you. There you have okay, it. Okay, so, so that's how you. I want a progress report. I want to know how this thing runs for you over right. the next little while. I'll Performance have... is great. It, you're obviously on wireless and no wires at all. Uh, we completely disconnected it. You can hold it up and even show people that it's it's like there that. is no wires. Yeah, there it is. There are no wires. And uh, running Zorin OS just fine. Zorin OS is just another flavor of Linux. It's absolutely free to download. Zorin-OS.com. And it's, uh, it's quite nice for, I think, a Windows user to, to transition onto Zorin OS. You can see that that is a very Windows 7-esque kind of operating system. And it right. also has an XP version uh, using the Zorin look changer, which is included with that. So if you prefer Windows XP's look, you can actually switch it to that. I have questions already. I can't wait to be on next. Excellent. Start Yay. writing them down. I will. Start write them down. Yay. And uh, we'll see you next week. Everybody, uh, if you are on Google+, stick around because a Google Plus Hangout is about to occur. We're just going to start uploading the files, and then we'll be on Google+. Join us in the chat room. been nice having you here. Sasha, always a pleasure. I love being here. I wish I could be here every single week. I'll just take over her Robbie. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just take my spot. I've got the week off next week, folks. That's right. Sasha will be here. It's going to be fun. Although it's half price wing night at my work. Half price wing night? On Tuesday. I will not be here. (laughs) Can you get them to move it to Wednesdays? Wouldn't that be nice? Could you get them to move it to $5 premium draft on Wednesdays. If you, any viewers, any viewers that are in Barrie, come to St. Louis. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to go there. $5 premium draft. $5 Guinness. There's the uh, the advert. We'll see you right after the show. Hang out from St. Louis. Have a great week. Bye. See you, everybody.
We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.